immersive audio podcast in conversation with industry thought leaders, practitioners, artists, academics, and entrepreneurs discussing all aspects of this rapidly evolving industry from art, science, and business to practical insights and project case studies. We aim to inform, educate, explore, and unite the community. In this episode of the Immersive Audio Podcast, Oliver Cadell is joined by Sanan Bakasoy via Skype from Istanbul. Sanan is a composer, developer, and sound installation artist. He has an engineering degree from the Technical University of Istanbul and a PhD in computer music from the University of Paris. His Cosmos F Stochastic Synthesizer is one of the products of his research done during the PhD studies and is one of the rare examples that such research becomes available as an industry tool in the professional music scene. Today, Sanan talks about composing with digital synthesizers, his work at Sonic Lab, and the creation of Cosmos F. Sinan Bokisoy, welcome to the Immersive Audio Podcast. Hi, thank you. How are you today? Thank you very much uh, for this opportunity. I'm doing well and I hope you are doing well as well. <laughs> so you are calling in from Istanbul, Turkey. Sinan, just for our audience, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your background and how did you get into this industry? Basically, I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I graduated as electronics engineer from the Technical University of Istanbul, but never worked as an engineer. And I have studied 20th century music composition and computer music in Paris, ended up with a PhD. I have been a music producer for years. My recent musical uh, activities are rather electroacoustic pieces and sound design uh, for installations. I do update my interests in the field according to new approaches and technological advances. Currently, I'm particularly interested in sonic augmented reality, in AR in general, sonic interaction and immersive applications of it. Besides my artistic activities, I became an audio software developer recently, active as a Sonic Lab and Sonic Planet. So I do develop and distribute the Cosmos F stochastic synthesizer software, which is a commercially available uh, tool. I develop as well iOS applications uh, featuring Sonic augmented reality and immersive experiences. 
Thank you for sharing. It's really interesting. I definitely would like to come back to the tools that you've been working on and released recently because there's lots to talk about and we need to unpack that in more detail. Just for a moment, I wanted to hear your story. Um, what was that first call for you personally? What was it that attracted you to sound and composition? I started with classical piano education at very young ages, but in late 80s, I have discovered the synthetic keyboard culture, sound synthesis on computer with Commodore Amiga computers, the first tracker softwares, the companies Korg, Yamaha, Roland. And after hard work, I was able to purchase a Roland D50 synthesizer on uh, 89, yeah, and I, I was still a high school student. Although I was not aware of the legendary composers of uh, electronic music in 20th century, such as uh, Exanakis, uh, Stockhausen, Pierre Schaeffer, etc., through the mass media, uh, I have met the uh, spectacles of Jean-Michel Jarre, and other figures like uh, Vangelis, Tangerine Dream, and experimental people like uh, Isa Tomita. And of course, as a teenager, I was listening to Depeche Mode, and which represented the synthpop culture at that moment. And all these amazing, the fast advances on the hardware synthesizer products were all inspirational for me. And this kept me in focus on the field of sound synthesis all the time. Actually, there has been great interest in using these tools in all kinds of musical genres. So it was like every new product coming out was pushing certain creativity and production experience with it. All this continued with my professional experience uh, as a producer and production, music production for films, ads. As soon as I had access to internet, I don't remember, maybe it was 95 or 96. I discovered uh, the real computer music scene. I mean, uh, the programming platforms like C-Sound. Basically, I started as a teenager being interested in hardware synthesizers. To me, it certainly comes across that you very musical person and in your kind of personal way but also professional way i'm wondering what other key influential forces you have experienced in your career uh, or perhaps at this current stage when it comes to creative process of creating art but also creating tools for others to create sonic art yeah as you say i mean a combination of different things so Certainly, my experience in music production helped me a lot to design software as well for the same purpose. So I strongly believe that uh, developers have to have this kind of culture. I mean, it's, it's not just looking to the numbers or coding. So it is an essential uh, process handling the uh, musical results or setting uh, musical targets. This this happens with experience, so it doesn't come uh, quickly and instantly. You don't start uh, compose uh, symphonies. You have to wait until you have some experience, and and this is this has been like that in the history as well. The inspiration I had from different people or uh, scenes I have discovered were mostly uh, by luck. I mean. Uh, for instance, I took a bus in, on 97 uh, from Istanbul to Thessaloniki to visit the International Computer Music Conference. And 
this was my first contact with the computer music scene and the people uh, creating it or researching on it. So if I wouldn't have done it, it there, there would be never this inspiration. Uh, and this wouldn't be a path for me. Uh, on the other hand, the life experiences which uh, connected me to different people as such uh, opening new doors and uh, following these paths. For example, uh, in 2001, I moved to Paris. Uh, I was accepted to a year-long computer music course in uh, CC Mix. It's Centre de Création de Musicale Yannis Exanakis. So I, I would have ended also in US and other countries. So, But I met the music of Exanakis and studied him in depth and uh, as such uh, the Cosmos F software has appeared so uh, these are all uh, related events in my life so uh, I cannot separate one uh, from the others as you say a uh, musical background is quite important in all these uh, different applications. At which point um, have you transformed from an art creator to a tool creator, a developer. Not to say that you don't create art anymore, but I'm just curious to hear what was the rationale behind uh, becoming a developer for the tools you have created? Because it's a big step and there must have been um, a great deal of motivation to come out of the comfort zone and create something that um, is quite complex in its nature. Okay, uh, yeah, let me explain because it has reasons, uh, it has rational reasons. First, uh, I was really tired with music production actually, so I was looking to uh, for a change a bit. I think uh, also it was the uh, main reason was, I mean, between 2001 and 2010, uh, I used uh, many times the Max MSP for uh, any kind of thing I could use, so like sound design, uh, visual design, robotic interaction, etc., sensor interactions. But uh, for the real uh, application of Cosmos F, I was never satisfied with what I have done in Max MSP at that time. So. The first version of Cosmos F appeared in 2005, actually, uh, but it was lacking the computing power. So uh, one reason was that I started seriously train myself in uh, uh, C++ uh, for uh, audio software development is this. So, and uh, I wanted to do it somehow. And but I was lucky enough that uh, around that time, like 2009 or 2010. Uh, uh, tools like Open Frameworks has appeared. So they are platforms for creative people and they make it much easier for uh, creative coding. I think without that, I would be very also uh, frustrated. I was lucky not to uh, having attempted it like 10 years ago. So it was just the correct time. Then the first version of Cosmos F has appeared in uh, Open Frameworks. So it was made in Open Framework. Yes, I still do artistic activities, but uh, I must emphasize that uh, I see the, the Cosmos F also as an art product. That's why I, I keep doing it. So it has an immense amount of design. Yeah, I mean, thousands of thousands of uh, lines of code. I, I, the last version of Cosmos F, Saturn, is 40,000 lines of code. But the, I didn't reach this point at uh, instant. I reached this point in years. So it took me like at least five years. So after each version and um, optimization, 
debugging, and uh, I think it's also necessary to spend that much time uh, to have a, a robust uh, product in the industry. Uh, you cannot do it instantly and quickly. Yeah, I must assist that uh, I see Cosmos F uh, and many other software as well, not just Cosmos F. Uh, the design product is it's it, they are art in in as well so uh, i don't differentiate them just as technical products uh, but uh, they are designed with artistical vision as well sinan can you describe to our audience what does sonic lab do as a company and I'm curious to hear more about what commercial products have been developed um, as part of your company. And maybe just give us a little bit more about any collaborations um, in terms of from, from technical side, but also from um, maybe beta testing or maybe you've worked with particular artists who helped you to shape and influence the decisions that went into the tool productions and the company in general. Well, okay, Sonic Lab is dedicated to the development of Cosmos F Stochastic Synthesizer, uh, which comes in two different applications. Uh, the Cosmos F Saturn is an instrument, and the Cosmos F FX is a live audio processor. And they, are, they come in plug-in formats and also in uh, standalone versions. The motto of Sonic Lab is the developing sound synthesis tools using the computer truly for sonic calculation. And which is impossible to do by hand. So uh, the methods, or so to say, the algorithms uh, which I use uh, are based uh, on my PhD research on uh, self-evolving sonic uh, structures, uh, which I did in Paris. Music and sound can be composed of events. So uh, a note is an event with a start time and ending time, which defines it in, in timeline. So these events can be formed up on multiple timescales. And the inspiration here is coming from the nature, which is multi-scaled. And you can observe different universes uh, on the nature based on your zooming level. And sonically interesting and intelligent forms can be composed uh, within this time um, within this multi multiple time scale approach as well. And one can construct forms on the micro level, generate and distribute events, and use them as elements on the meso level. And then again, they can become the elements on the macro level. And sound and music is about uh, modulation. So it is continuously in a process of change. And imagine now that all these elements have their own modulation sources for different synthesis parameters and on multiple time scales. So this is called bottom-up construction, where different scales are interlinked uh, structurally. It is pure computational process, and an immense amount of data is res responsible for the sonic rendering here. This Cosmos F model has been my contribution as a researcher uh, in computer music. It is, uh, I mean, it is definitely something which I'm proud of at the moment. It is not just the uh, research process, process which I uh, followed in my uh, PhD thesis, but uh, this years-long uh, coding process, which made it uh, a ready-to-use product uh, on the professional scene. And I believe this, is ra this happens rare, uh, that some academical tool uh, pops up uh, and becomes a, a continually developed and updated uh, product uh, for the industry. I tried, actually, to find uh, people 
two, I could collaborate and share the work. But uh, professional audio software development is not a part of an industry here. So, I mean, and uh, it's not like in Germany or in England or in the U.S. So all the work I do is uh, my efforts alone. But, uh, of course, when I was studying in Paris, I mean, uh, the last 15 years, I collaborated with people, composers, and from whom I got inspiration and cultivated these ideas. All these discussions and experiences uh, have become seeds of this, uh, or foundations of this uh, software. So, for example, in Paris, I met the composers like Gerard Pape, Agostino Di Scipio, and, you know, Curtis Rhodes. From, with whom also I studied. And my prof, legendary professor, Horacio Vagione, is they all gave me inspirations for developing uh, such tools or uh, creating such ideas at first. On the other hand, uh, I tried to also compose uh, with these tools. As I said, I used MaxMSP extensively uh, uh, during that decade, but I used these tools to compose and present uh, these compositions uh, in academical conferences. So uh, these ideas did become uh, some uh, software tools, but also I developed some uh, experiences with them, concrete experiences in form of uh, compositions. So again, I didn't come to the this software, Cosmosoft, instantly. So the, all this work before has helped a lot to come to this point. And uh, at the moment, for the company, uh, yes, I mean, it would be great to collaborate with more people and make the ideas come more easier because I, I still have some ideas which is enough uh, to follow this work lifelong. So it would be great to uh, create a team uh, later and share this huge amount of work. So obviously you are closely in touch with the community of, you know, all kinds of artists and audio engineers and I should say um, a community of sonic enthusiasts that kind of really stretch across the spectrum. I'm curious to hear if you have observed a particular pattern in terms of who is your biggest user. Can you describe a most common profile of type of professionals and creatives that use Cosmos F and Cosmos F Saturn uh, in their work? And perhaps you can talk a little bit about the kind of most interesting case studies that you have found out uh, where people used these plugins in their work as well. I can answer this question. I mean, with the I mean, demographics of the clients who have purchased it, I can describe the categories as soundtrack composers, sound design for uh, movie and games, live performance of experimental music, contemporary music composers, and installation artists. I mean, but also lots of enthusiastic people of different uh, disciplines as well, not just uh, musicians or producers astronomers, academics, lawyers, <laughs> I mean, the very the different kind of people uh, who have purchased it. So but, did, did uh, you say yeah. um, people who work in astrology? Astronomer, I mean, say the astrophysicist. Sorry, uh, um, uh, as, uh, as astronomy rather than astrology. 
I'm not sure, but uh, I, I astronomer or astrophysicist. I don't know the right word. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's um. So I think astrology is. I don't want to upset any listeners out there, but um, I personally skeptical about. However, the other ones you mentioned are very real scientists who are doing exciting research in a field of cosmology, etc. Let me guess. Did they use the tool to sonify their cosmic events that uh, simply do not exist on the spectrum of our auditory system? I have no uh, evidence on that, but also uh, some people from NASA are interested in Cosmos if they ask for demos. And But I don't know really uh, the creation of uh, these people. Uh, I have been in contact with the music business, so... As I said, I mean, many soundtrack composers as, uh, and also uh, big uh, game companies as clients, which tells that uh, Cosmos F is more uh, useful in sound design, uh, soundscape design, I would say, uh, and some uh, serious uh, idea music producers and live experimental music performers uh, are interested uh, very much in Cosmos F. What I observe is uh, the creation of these people uh, are absolutely the way I couldn't imagine before. Because I do create, for example, the presets of Cosmos F, and the sounds or pieces done by these people, I wouldn't be able to imagine myself. So this is the fascinating uh, result which I could see with the software. So, and with many softwares, actually, uh, I believe this happens. And uh, sometimes uh, people share their compositions with me. And it surprises me a lot to do what they can achieve uh, with their knowledge, background. And it doesn't mean that uh, because I code or create this tool, I will have the best sonic results or creativity. I've seen that it's a very wrong uh, assumption. And I think it's uh, this, this should be noted for other developers as well. I mean, it's always someone else uh, much more creative and uh, with a different vision using this tool the way uh, the developer cannot uh, predict. So this is a very emergent uh, behavior. Uh, in this production of these tools. On the other hand, the users of the field, like uh, these uh, astrophysicists and mathematicians or architects or uh, movie directors, I mean, they, are, they buy also Cosmos F. So I'm really not very much aware of what they are doing. So that would be very interesting to know what I didn't create a platform, so maybe I should, uh, so that these people share their experiences. Actually, I have this Facebook web page and other things, but my relationship with the clients, with this kind of people, uh, didn't develop this kind of musical share yet. Can you name at least one title or final piece where you recognize the sonic characteristics of Cosmos F or any other of the plugins you've created that perhaps you've stumbled across accidentally? If you look at this from the perspective of a professional composer, I mean, 
and big name in the industry, we actually don't recognize clearly their tools. Maybe in the past, it would have been much more easier uh, that some Sintipreset appears there and there. But today, it's becoming more and more difficult. The answer is, for sure, I didn't recognize uh, any preset of Cosmos F, but I'm not sure uh, if it's my fault or if I'm not following very well uh, the scene. Uh, uh, just it didn't uh, occur to me that I can uh, directly say, hey, this is Cosmos F. Because while answering my, the, your previous question, I said that the outcome of these people using the same tool, which I developed personally, is so surprising for me. Even I cannot uh, recognize or analyze directly uh, how did they did come up with these solutions. Because, okay, let's say this tool, this Cosmos F has immense possibilities, potential, sonic synthesis, the variety of sound synthesis, amazing, blah, blah. But I can't uh, really uh, directly analyze uh, the, this work uh, presented to me as being done with Cosmos F only how can I recognize maybe from uh, a soundtrack that uh, they have used Cosmos F or not? I'm, I'm not very sure. So uh, if, yeah, if it would have been a direct preset of Cosmos F, that would happen. Uh, but uh, until now, I didn't come up with any result like that. For those individuals and businesses who are intrigued and interested about Cosmos F, what would be the easiest way to get their hands on a demo and perhaps learn more about this product and what these plugins are capable of? A lot of people who purchase this product, they really give the efforts in studying the manual in detail and checking these uh, demos and asking also some questions, of course. And uh, they do their homework, for sure. However, uh, some people would like to have direct results. I mean, they want to reach the presets and choose one correct and then uh, play around this preset. And that would be very difficult with Cosmos because the sound synthesis culture or terminology is based on a certain paradigm, uh, such as there are oscillators section and amplitude modulation. LFO, uh, envelope generators, and some effect section. And uh, this is uh, more or less, uh, you see in all of these uh, sound synthesis tools, this paradigm. This is not uh, evident anymore. So, because Cosmos F is not uh, based on your performance on the keyboard. So it is, it does generate events by itself. It's just started and then change the parameters to regulate this behavior. I mean, you are, in the, of course, in the pilot seat of this uh, ship, spaceship, but uh, you can uh, control it. However, the, the control panel is different. This difference makes it hard for the people who are used to just open a software and start to play around and get instant results. This can be frustrating for these people, for such people. And I understand, I mean, that's the way they are creative. So I don't judge this. Well, there are two products only, and the current potential of these products, uh, if you study them correctly, if you give the efforts to study them, will pay off lifelong. I mean, 
of course, you will not use in every moment or the sound of Cosmos F. You don't need. But when the time comes, uh, if you need a certain soundscape, uh, and if Cosmos F can deliver it to you in half a minute, uh, the the result, the perfect result you are looking for, and there is the gain. I don't. Uh, also suggest these tools to replace any musical needs or I mean it doesn't deliver you lush pet sounds or uh, 20 different electric pianos or such presets so it's 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 totally different uh, and for most people or who have a look for it can be use this thing I mean the, the sounds uh, they, they may ask themselves why why should I buy this how can I uh, integrate these sounds to my workflow? This is also a question. But it's always a question with a new tool. So you don't have to. I mean, you, you can write uh, just uh, conventional music and with traditional uh, arranging tools. But uh, some people uh, always try to integrate uh, new things to their workflow and uh, sometimes they fail, sometimes they come up with original results. And that's the, the gain. I mean, to become original uh, in your work uh, is only possible if you spend or give efforts to make it happen, isn't it? Do you have any predictions about the future of the immersive audio in the coming months or perhaps even years? And do you think plugins similar to... Saturn F, not in its exact mechanical nature, but more in its uh, conceptual way, would enable the music industry to shift and develop faster towards new ways of conceiving and composing immersive music and essentially creating new genres and kind of enriching the whole plethora of what's available because right now we mainly mu listen to music in stereo shall we say um, or majority of it and loads of it's still in mono and then you know live performances that are kind of more immersive and a little bit of surround but there's no really we haven't seen that much of um, music being created and distributed in let's say virtual reality format or 360 video format or augmented reality format do you see, that, is there any link between tools that are able to render, uh, accommodate and cater these new formats in order to better fit into the newly developing emerging technologies such as VR, AR, etc.? My first experiences, uh, I uh, explained, with immersive soundscape, I mean, uh, happened with computer music compositions. Uh, when I was in Paris, uh, in all the studios I visited, in CC Mix or GRM Radio France and or university studio in the university, they all had octophonic speaker systems or hemisphere speaker systems. And uh, at that time, the ambisonic tools were not there, but I was all the time using the uh, vector panning uh, tools uh, addressing these loudspeaker systems for all these creations. So I created also lots of uh, electronic music for theater, actually, in France and spectacles. And we always used uh, surround systems. This kind of music was never, I mean, uh, the stereo uh, music uh, of the industry. So it was experimental music. So 
I mean, there was no questioning about why I was distributing the, the sounds that way or the other way. So it was just my personal uh, aesthetical approach. So, but uh, if you apply, I think this uh, the surrounding sound tools uh, today uh, directly to the pop music scene, the listeners will react differently, I guess. I mean, uh, there is no solution how to use the uh, bass or kick drum, uh, the snare drum, uh, the pad sounds in 360 spatial uh, mapping because they are fixed. They have their, their positions since 30 years or 40 years, since the beginning of the stereo music industry. So this is uh, the big question uh, and how to mix uh, the current industry in music in a totally new way. What is the correct solution to that? In the movie theaters, we see uh, always uh, the surround sound since long time. Uh, however, uh, the uh, dialogues are centered. The bass sound is also centered. And what we hear is surround sound is just uh, flourish effects and other sonic objects flying around according to the scene. So the music is conventionally mixed in that environment as well. As I have uh, this uh, computer music background, and uh, I always applied uh, the uh, spatial sound in that uh, genre, I may be not the uh, correct person, actually, to answer uh, on that problematic. But one problem I see in uh, this uh, sonic augmented reality created uh, with today's tools is uh, still the way we propagate the sound. We still use the speakers and the headphones. So in the recent years, we have seen uh, the development of the ambisonic tools, uh, software solutions, which encode, decode the ambisonic uh, soundscape as various uh, configurations. They still all address the same transducers of sound. The headphones seem to be a more robust solution because it is more practical and cheaper to uh, render the ambisonic uh, sound as binaural audio. The headphones are fixed uh, in the air and uh, you don't need to worry about the sweet spot and other things which you have to take care of uh, loudspeaker system. So. And also the music industry is, uh, as you see, uh, people listen to the music in, on the mobile, so it's Spotify and Apple Music. So I see that mm, people use uh, earplugs and headphones to listen to the music. So less and less people sit down and in the home and uh, turn on their hi-fi system, which is uh, actually uh, positive for the AR and VR audio production. But uh, I, for the future of the immersive audio industry, I expect to see a direct interface to our uh, auditory system, which where our brain evaluates this uh, incoming signals. So why, why can't we just carry the digital audio uh, directly to the uh, auditory system uh, where we have to uh, use again membranes and then convert it to waves in the air to transmit it to our ears and then it gets uh, again evaluated by our auditory system. 
because this transmission through the air, where the uh, sonic augmented reality fails, especially with the loudspeaker systems, uh, we put these speakers in uh, in various configurations we have to, and in uh, various acoustic environments. But these acoustic environments, which don't belong to the uh, composed soundscape or artificial soundscape, they alter and colorate the, the result. And if we could uh, directly address uh, our uh, design, sonic design, to our auditory system, I think the immersive uh, experience would be much, much more successful. Because what we are doing is our, we are faking our auditory system. We use inter-oral tightened delays to position the sound between our ears. And so we try to fake uh, our hearing system with these techniques. But as long as we use the physical environment for transmitting the sound, uh, waves on the air, the results will be uh, not uh, as expected. And sound is very, very important for the immersive experience because the we are uh, very much aware of the sonic quality in real life as the experience of, uh, of life and also the musical culture. We, everybody has a decent uh, experience with sonic quality. So we cannot uh, fake with uh, this immersive experience if uh, we fail on the interfacing. That's my uh, point uh, on the future of uh, immersive audio. Coming up to our section with conclusive questions, and I'm going to ask you the same question I ask pretty much every single guest on this podcast, which is, what would be one piece of advice or one piece of business advice or creative advice that you could share with our audience that really helped you personally in the past? It's a pleasure to answer it. I would say don't rush things. Ideas need to be developed and iterated and applied with experience. On the other hand, uh, things have to be done and left in the past finally. I mean, not remain unfinished. So in order to uh, create a balance, uh, one has to be able to efficiently use uh, the tools to create. The struggle with technical things should not block uh, our creativity. However, studying the new tools and updating uh, our knowledge regularly is necessary. It's a lifelong process. You know, nowadays, the software technology gives godlike power in the hands of the creative person. We shouldn't abandon using the technology embedded in our body. So we should trust our intuition, let our perceptions evaluate, and not just numbers. This letter part is valid also for the researchers in audio technology. Uh, they should evaluate the results with their perceptions, their intuition, and not just numbers. Thank you. And finally, where can our listeners follow you and your company? How can they get in touch? Uh, the website is straightforward. It's uh, sonic-lab.com. There is the Facebook page for Cosmos F Synthesizer. There is a YouTube channel. Uh, they can search my name, Sinan Bökesoy, where I share all these videos about Cosmos F and some other things as well. I have my artistic activities because I do also sound installations with a gallery here in Istanbul called Sanatorium. Uh, this February, I will have another 
sound installation. I also release apps for Sonic Augmented Reality on the iPhone, and they are free. So if you just go to the App Store and search for Sonic Planet, uh, you can see some of the apps. For example, the Sonic Planet Geo Composer and Geo Player are Sonic Augmented Reality apps uh, where you can install sounds in your physical environment, and they are free. And I received the Ars Electronica uh, Starts Prize nomination uh, last year uh, with the work I have done in Sonic Planet. So uh, these are the channels I can suggest to check and get in contact. And guys, if you have missed any of those names, we definitely make sure that it's all going to be added to the podcast show notes. So make sure to check out and to find out more. Sinan, thank you very much for your time. It's been a really interesting discussion. You're a man full of wisdom, knowledge and experience due to your extensive and unusual background. I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the future, see how things have developed and maybe come and say hello if I'm in Istanbul next time. Oliver, uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. It has been a real pleasure for me. Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, I look forward to meet you and also uh, repeat this again to share other experiences and news. I'm very happy to be in touch with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Immersive Audio Podcast, hosted by Oliver Cadell with guest Sanan Bakasoy. This episode was produced by Abigail Bertram, Oliver Cadell, with the help of Shane O'Hare and included music by Nobbs Bergamo. If you can, head to our page on iTunes and leave us a review and rating. It really helps us out in pushing our show further. The podcast is also available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Visit 1618digital.com to access the show notes and other episodes. Follow us at 1618digital on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.